chapter 53, Jerusalem. The rains fell steadily, and the road climbed endlessly, but they could not slow our deliriously happy march into Jerusalem. The road eventually leveled off, and modern buildings and sidewalks appeared. I tried to hide my disappointment at not seeing the ancient city of my dreams. We followed street signs to the Citadel, hoping that they would bring us to this old city. And they did. I stood at the intersection, staring at the imposing stone walls and the ramparts surrounding ancient-looking towers and buildings. I wasn't sure how I felt. The traffic lights turned red and green several times, but my feet didn't move. The sight that I had traveled so far to see now frightened me. To touch its walls, to walk through its gates, meant having to end a journey that had defined my life for over a year. I had expected to arrive full of answers and revelations, but my revelations were minor in comparison to my even greater questions. The peace march that I had envisioned at the beginning of my walk now seemed so innocent. I finally crossed the road, Alberto walking alongside me. He had kept quiet, surely sensing my need to absorb this moment. I moved slowly towards an arched entrance. Once there, I stood underneath its protective dome. I caressed its walls, cold and damp with the rains, and then rested my forehead there. I wanted this to be the movie scene ending, me emotionally bursting into tears of joy and triumph, but the tears didn't surface. I felt numb, as if I was at yet another pilgrimage site, and tomorrow I would continue on my way. Alberto wrapped his arms around me and gazed at me tenderly. We made it, he said. I stood in his warm embrace for a long time, unable to give words to this moment. Hand in hand, we walked about the large entrance area, searching for any indication of where we were. A plaque indicated that this was the Jaffa Gate, one of seven gates into the old city of Jerusalem. In Arabic, it was called Bab al-Khalil. I stared at it in astonishment. Of all the ways that we could have entered the old city that Christmas Eve, I couldn't believe it was through Alberto's gate. Was the universe nudging me to enter Jerusalem through the way of the wizard? We learned that Bethlehem, which was normally closed by Israeli forces, was coincidentally open that night for tourists and pilgrims celebrating Christmas. We decided to go, considering it too important of a coincidence to let pass. Our Palestinian taxi driver brought us to the Israeli barricade, parking at a distance, and nervously saying he cannot come closer. We walked those last few hundred meters and were waved through by Israeli forces. The road and surrounding fields were torn up. The few buildings that stood were riddled with bullet holes or missing entire chunks. Shreds of lampposts kept a lonely vigil. The charred skeleton of a small car lay discarded nearby. I hurried my step and in my fear barely missed a barbed wire fence. We eventually began to see signs of life for which I was grateful. Lit streets, open stores, blaring music, people strolling about. 
we eagerly joined the growing crowd and browsed with them the meager selection of the few shops that were open. Our meanderings ended at Manger Square, the city's main attraction. It was teeming with pilgrims from around the world, gathered there to celebrate what is for them a holy night. Arab children mingled among them, trying to sell anything they could. Desperation filled the air, and I found myself unable to remain impartial. My heart went out to them and felt their suffering. We did all the tourist things that one would expect at such a sacred site. We joined the crowds and the television crews gathered in the Church of the Nativity to celebrate the internationally televised Christmas Mass. But it somehow didn't feel an appropriate way to end our pilgrimage or to celebrate this holy night. So we returned to our hotel room. I remember a conversation you and I had exactly one year ago about the meaning of Christmas, Alberto said. We were with Father Giovanni, I fondly recalled. Father John, we talked about the birth of the Christ consciousness. And now we're here in Bethlehem, Alberto said, the night that this inner Christ was born in Jesus. That divine light continues to be born in the heart of each one of us. It is our true essence and what I would like to acknowledge and celebrate on this special night. He smiled at me sweetly. But first, he said, reaching for the $2 champagne bottle we had found in an open store, a small celebration. He popped open the bottle and filled our plastic water cups. To the end of the way, he toasted, holding up his cup. And to the beginning of a new one, I added, clinking his cup. We crossed arms and drank from each other's cups. We finished our drinks and turned off the lights. The room glowed in the soft light of our candle. We sat on the bed facing each other and lightly held hands. My eyes closed. In the stillness between us and within me, I felt the hand of love. It was beautiful in its simplicity, exquisite in its purity and gentle in its embrace. I allowed this feeling to flower this light to expand until it filled me completely. I didn't know what Mary and Joseph felt that night that they witnessed the birth of their son, but I was sure its glow reverberated in their very beings as well. I gave thanks to that light, to the love that now brought tears to my eyes. When I finally released Alberto's hands, it was with the sense that we had celebrated the essence of what was truly born that night. The following morning, we walked around Manger Square. It teemed with trucks and cars bearing the logos of international television stations. Reporters with microphones and cameramen in tow roamed the multitude, randomly stopping people and interviewing them. We were successfully weaving our way through the crowds, when an Arab-looking reporter caught my eye and smiled. He placed the microphone in front of my face as the cameraman began taping. Hello, he said in a friendly tone. The thundering sound of my heartbeat cut out the rest of his words until I heard, can we ask you some questions, please? Well, this may not be the kind of story you're expecting to report on, I answered. Why don't you let me be the judge of that, he replied confidently. Okay, I said, inhaling deeply. 
I'm a Canadian of Lebanese origins and my partner here is Spanish. We just finished walking 5,000 kilometers from Rome to Jerusalem, carrying a message of peace. The reporter scoffed. Peace? Where is the peace here? He mocked, sweeping his arms. We've walked in 13 different countries now, I affirmed, and more than ever believe that peace begins within you, within me and every one of us doing their part for it. What you are saying is so disconnected from the reality around you, he mocked. I bristled, but kept my cool. After all, the cameras were still rolling. The message of inner peace is more relevant than ever, Alberto added. We're all looking for the easy solutions, someone to create peace for us. But the key and the power to create peace lies within each of us and in the choices that we make. The journalist thanked us absently, his eyes roaming the square for another candidate. The cameraman smiled in understanding. His camera followed us as we turned away. Alberto took my hand in his. I leaned my head against his shoulder, and together we disappeared into the anonymous crowds.